Welcome to the Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining me on yet another solo-sode of the Red Light Report. Today, for you guys, I have a pretty interesting episode I'm going to go over, or I'm going to unravel more so, a, a anecdote I just went through. And it's going to uh, really highlight the power of methylene blue, or in this case, I used leucomethylene blue. Uh, so, so very interesting and quite profound results that I had myself. And it's always great you know, to report these things firsthand and experience them for yourselves. And and of course that makes the most impact. So I'm going to be excited to share that story with you guys. And then secondarily, I'm going to be going over what I'm going to be calling both here on the podcast. And then especially with my company BioLite. this is kind of the new vision or, or what I see going forward in terms of promoting mitochondrial health to the masses, so to speak. And that's what's called the mitochondrial triad. So this is the first time I'm bringing that to the surface and bringing that to light, pun intended to a certain degree. And so I'm going to be unveiling that today. I'm going to be explaining what is the mitochondrial triad, uh, what does that consist of, and go a little more in depth into to what that means to me and how I, again, see that being portrayed and how the, the masses would be edified on, on what the mitochondrial triad is and, and why they should even care. But first, let's just jump straight into this anecdote I want to share. I've been thinking about this the last couple of days as I was living the situation. And so so just, just a background on the story. Last Thursday, my wife and I left for Seattle uh, to take a trip because she was doing some advanced education for, for dry needling, uh, some courses that I took years back when I was going through the, the dry needling certification process. And so I thought I would just take along with her, you know, keep her company. And and for me, a lot of times it's just good to get out of my day-to-day environment into a new environment. Sometimes that sparks energy and and and, and different thought processes, whether it's, you know, personal or business-wise. And so I like getting outside of my house, getting outside of my office and and being in new environments. And even more so, for those that didn't know already, I spent multiple summers in Seattle when I was going through my physical therapy internships. Uh, One was a little north of Seattle uh, for a summer, and then the subsequent summer I spent, and I think that was the summer of 2015, I spent eight weeks at Harborview, which is in the heart of downtown Seattle. So I was taking uh, buses from near the University of Washington, that district, so so just a little north of downtown. But it was like... Uh, what was it, 30 to 45 minutes from the bus ride plus the walk to get to Harborview downtown and then same thing back home, which made the days rather long when you add all that transit time, which the rural boy from Montana here, I'm not used to that. So so that added almost a couple of hours to my work day, so to speak. But regardless, so I have some, some connection to Seattle. So I wanted to take that opportunity to, to join my wife and then secondarily just kind of go revisit Seattle and... and um, get outside of my normal day-to-day environment. So anyway, fast forward to Saturday night, which is about 48 hours after we arrive in Seattle, and I get hit hard with some sickness. It came virtually out of nowhere. And so I say that to set the, the backdrop, but let me walk you up to that point. So again, I got sick late Saturday. We arrived around Thursday mid-afternoon. And so let's let's walk through the Petri dishes I put my body and my immune system through. A, <laughs> we have the airplane itself, of course, cram space, lots of people, who knows who has what, sicknesses, illnesses, viruses, whatever. So you're stuck on the plane. It's a short flight, 90 minutes, but regardless, you're surrounded by anyone and everyone. And, and I'm going to call that a Petri dish. Petri dish. And then my wife and I, we go and we have a nice dinner in Bellevue. So again, you're out amongst more people. And then the next day, this is really where I think it starts to get interesting, along with the airplane ride, is as my wife is going to her course, I wanted to take the time to go to downtown Seattle and kind of just revisit that, walk down memory lane, check out Pike Market and all that good stuff. 
And so again, walking through this area, Pike Market, lots of people, of course, tourists, probably local people. You're surrounded by all these different types of uh, raw foods and and the streets are dirty, the walls are dirty, the walls are covered in gum. I'm walking through all these little alleyways and it's like none of it feels clean. And then again, you're surrounded by all these people. So talk about a mega Petri dish I surrounded my body and my immune system in once again. And then after I visited, oh, on top of that, I spent a couple of hours in a in a coffee shop right in the middle of Pike Market, just to work for a couple hours, plug away a little bit. So then again, you know, I'm exposed to more, and the coffee shop I was in was very crowded, full of people as well. So again, more people, more more crowded environments. And then I went straight from downtown Seattle to Discovery Park, which, uh, especially for my second internship when I was going to Harborview, I discovered, pun intended, Discovery Park, which was this beautiful, quite large park that was a nice juxtaposition to this metropolitan downtown Seattle. It was this nice forested, beautiful greenery of, of a trail run area, also right next to the waterfront. So there's parts of the uh, the trail where you could kind of go down near beaches and just be right near the water or literally on the water. And so it was kind of my cathartic daily experience because I was starting to get into trail running around that time. You know, post every day at work, I would try to go to Discovery Park, do a trail run. And so that was kind of just a special place to me. And I go and visit Discovery Park whenever I can. So anyway, went straight from Pikes Market to to Discovery Park. And all of that to, to say as well that Discovery Park was especially crowded. You know, in the middle of a Friday, I was like, I, th- I figured people would be working, but it was it was much more packed than I had anticipated. Regardless, got a great run in, spent some time on the water, spent some time grounding in the sand. Uh, but again, surrounded by a lot of people. And then I went from there, I believe, back to our Airbnb where we were staying. Because uh, that was Friday. And so I didn't feel any symptoms Friday. So my wife and I, I think we just got a poke bowl that night. We didn't go anywhere, you know, crazy that was, that was crowded with people. But then the next day on Saturday... I wanted to get some more exercise in, lift some weights, move my body, because I don't want to just be sitting and working the whole time necessarily. I want to move my body and, you know, uh, exercise in a different capacity than just running. So I got a three-day pass or a free three-day pass to an LA Fitness that was nearby. During my first internship in Seattle, I, I was a member at LA Fitness, so I felt comfortable working out there. But let me tell you guys, uh, on top of the plane, on top of Pike's Market, on top of Discovery Park, LA Fitness, that place was crowded. It was like sardines in a can of a Petri dish. So within, let's call it 36 or 40 hours of landing in Seattle, so we had the airplane ride, I exposed my body to all different types of environments, all different types of people, all different types of Petri dishes, I'll say, I didn't feel anything until the evening. So so about an hour after I worked out, I had some protein. I was just eating. I was working a little bit. Then I went to pick up my wife from her class and it hit me like a load of bricks. I started getting this achiness in, in the posterior chain of my body. So like the back of my neck, my upper traps, my my like mid traps, my 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 lats. And I just thought that may have been from the exercise, right? Because I had just worked out those muscles to a certain degree. He played a couple of games of basketball as well. So I thought it was just like some tension in my upper traps, like I had some poor lifting mechanics and whatnot. So I didn't think much of it until we arrived back at our Air, Airbnb, excuse me. My energy just continued to dwindle. The aches continued to spike. And my appetite was like minimal, almost on the verge of feeling like food poisoning, but not quite to the the nausea or diarrhea aspect. But I could tell I was getting sick. Like it was then I was sick. And that was all within, let's say 15 to 20 minutes that I went from feeling fine, feeling great, gonna go pick up my wife from her course, go back to the Airbnb and just hang out and relax to the point where it's like, I'm clearly sick and like, I feel terrible. So luckily... I had brought along with me my BioBlue Luco 
I brought that just because for the traveling purposes, especially anytime you're on a plane, I've read some things where it, it's great to use methylene blue as a prophylactic anytime you're you're going to go on an airplane ride just because you're surrounded by all those people as an antiviral. And just especially with anything, everything I know about methylene blue, I thought it'd just be smart to have and continue to take the leucomethylene blue. And I chose the leucomethylene blue as we've discussed on prior episodes because your liver doesn't have to process the methylene blue and, and then reduce it into leucomethylene blue for your body to utilize. It's already done for you. So it's a much quicker hit to the system. The antioxidant capacity is like happens right away. The cognitive boost is more immediate. So, so I use the leucomethylene blue as my go-to source unless I'm going to do a red light therapy session. Then I use BioBlue, which is, just has the quote-unquote normal methylene blue and it's that dark dark blue pigment especially that gives that methylene blue the photodynamic capabilities that makes it very synergistic with red light therapy so regardless i brought the the bio blue luca with me and immediately upon feeling that sickness i started pounding the leucomethylene blue and just for a little background information my normal dosage just for optimized mitochondrial health is 10 milligrams of methylene blue and or leucomethylene blue twice a day. So a total of 20 milligrams spread over two, um, two dosages, one in the morning, one in the evening. And so that's 20 drops of bio blue or bio blue leuco because it's a 1% solution. You guys have heard me, if you've been listening to, to this podcast for several months now, you've heard my other quick anecdotes where when I've felt the sickness uh, just beginning, I start pounding the bio blue. It happened with when I felt it in my chest, like where my chest felt constricted. And that quickly took that away where, where that sickness never came to realization. Uh, there was another time where it wasn't in my chest, it was somewhere else, but the same thing. As soon as I felt it, I started pounding the bio blue and that sickness really never came to fruition. Well, this time it came so suddenly and so hard, I couldn't be as proactive or as immediate, I mean, as, as immediate as I could, right? But like the virus is already there. I was already sick. But regardless, I started pounding the bio blue leuco and by pound, that's not a medical term, by the way. But for, I gave you the background of taking 20 milligrams in two different dosages. So 10 milligrams twice a day. And when I say I'm pounding it, I am quadrupling or more that dosage. So when I get sick, and again, this is not medical advice. I'm just telling you guys what I've experienced and what I have done. You can take it or leave it. I'm just providing the information for, for you guys to, you know, have something to bounce uh, your ideas or your thought processes off of and then, and then go with it where you will. But this is not medical advice by any means. But what I've done personally and what I did in Seattle, so instead of like one full dropper full, which is close to 10 milligrams, I think it's 16 drops. So it's technically eight milligrams, but instead of taking one full drop and then a little extra for my normal dose, I was taking four dropper fulls four to five times a day. So when we work out the math, one full dosage ends up being around 32 milligrams. Again, a, a full dropper is about eight milligrams. We're saying it's not the full 10, it's about eight. And so if we're doing four of those, that works out to be 32 milligrams. And if I'm doing that dosage four to five times a day, then I was doing about 130 to 160 milligrams per day of leucomethylene blue. And that is juxtaposed to my normal amount of 20 milligrams a day. And guys, even at this quote unquote higher dosage, I am still within the safe and effective dosage range for my weight. So again, just a quick review, uh, the safe and effective dosage range is considered 0.5 milligrams per kilogram up to two milligrams per kilogram. So for my body weight around 75 kilograms, my safe and effective dosage range is 37 and a half milligrams, which is 75 drops per day, up to around 150 milligrams uh, per day, which is a 300 drops per day. So I'm right on the edge of what's considered the higher range for my weight. And I just did that intuitively, and but it just so happens that it works right around that upper limit of the safe and effective dosage range. 
At this point, I'm sure you guys have heard of Methylene Blue, especially if you've been listening to this podcast. You guys have heard me shout from the mountaintops the many benefits of Methylene Blue. So Methylene Blue is a major, major mitochondrial booster. It has a lot of similar properties as red light therapy, but they actually work slightly differently as far as how they derive their benefits to the mitochondrial function. A couple of my favorite aspects include the fact that when you ingest it, the majority of the Methylene Blue ends up in your brain. that's why you see these amazing cognitive, mental energy boosts from Methylene Blue. It can even stave off or prevent or reverse some types of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. This is my second favorite part about it. The Methylene Blue has this innate sense to help cells that have the most mitochondrial dysfunction first before helping other cells. So not only does it help cells that need the help most, but again, most of the Methylene Blue ends up in your brain where, as you all know, that is the most mitochondrial dense tissue in the body. Thus, that's why you see all these amazing benefits with the brain with methylene blue. And then thirdly, red light therapy and methylene blue are major synergists. So of course you have your independent benefits when you just use methylene blue or red light therapy. But when you combine them together, you amplify the benefits of one another and you get the synergistic response. So anyone that's interested in red light therapy should at least be considering or looking into the many benefits of methylene blue. And as you know by now, if you've been listening to this podcast, my company BioLite has recently released an enhanced methylene blue product that includes certain ingredients like NMN that further boost the energy production of the mitochondria. It also enhances the photodynamic activity already associated with methylene blue by including colloidal gold, colloidal silver, which have their own antimicrobial or cognitive benefits, silver and gold respectively, but they also have their own photodynamic benefits as well. So again, you're amplifying the benefits of red light therapy when you ingest BioBlue. Lastly, fulvic acid helps you absorb anything that you're consuming when you're also taking it with fulvic acid so it drives everything deeper into the cells. When you take BioBlue, it helps further absorb the methylene blue, the NMN, and the colloidal gold and silver so you get this enhanced methylene blue product with BioBlue. And so of course for my loyal listeners, especially you guys that have listened this far into the ad in the middle of the episode here, I'm going to give you guys an exclusive 15% discount on your order of BioBlue. And you can apply that to a single pack or a double pack or a four pack or a 10 pack. And of course, with a larger quantity, you actually get an increased discount. Simply use coupon code BIOBLUE15 at checkout. That's BIOBLUE15 at checkout. And you can snag that 15% discount off your order of BIOBLUE. So if you're interested in seeing what all of the excitement around methylene blue is about from its ability to improve cognition, energy, improve mitochondrial function, and furthermore, help mitigate or prevent things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and depression, pain, cancer, go ahead and give BioLite's Methylene Blue Enhanced Product, BioBlue, a shot and see what you notice, especially when you combine it with your red light therapy treatments. So back to the story, once I started feeling sick, I was using those dosages of about 32 milligrams, which again is about four pipettefuls of this leukomethylene blue, or or if you're using methylene blue, exact same thing, four to five times a day. So again, my my full dosage for the day was 130 to 160 milligrams, and I just did that until my symptoms resolved. So again, I I initiated that uh, protocol, if you want to call it that, Saturday evening, and I I had enough time, I suppose you could say, where I took a dosage right away, and it was about 6 or 7 p.m., then I was able to take a second dosage before I went to bed. And man, it it was one of those nights, and I'm sure you guys can sympathize with this, who have gone through this recently or or have a, a distinct memory, but the body aches were such that there's literally no comfortable position in bed. The back, the shoulder, the neck, the back of the head, the lower back, maybe even some glutes. There's literally no comfortable position. So my sleep was horrendous. Somehow I was able to get asleep. And in the middle of the night, I was uh, awoken and I was expecting to feel all these body aches and whatnot. And I was moving around in bed and just rolling around. And I literally felt nothing, no pain. And I figured it was getting close to wake up like five or six in the morning. And so I, I looked at my phone to see what time it is. And by the way, that that phone is in airplane mode, and it was 12.20. So it had been five hours since the sickness had overtaken me to get to this point in the middle of the night 
where my body aches disappeared. I even had to like wake up my wife and told her, I'm like, hey, like I feel normal. Like this is crazy. Uh, but long story short, you know, I went back to bed. It was still because it was in the middle of the night. And when I woke up, well, reality hit and, and those body aches weren't completely gone. You know, they were there. And so I have no idea what that moment in time was. If it's like my nervous system was tripping or I wasn't hallucinating. So that is just a very interesting phenomenon that happened where my pain had evaporated. I felt normal. I didn't feel sick. But upon awaking, my body continued to go through its process. And I'll also add that I had major chills within 20 minutes of getting home, like the body ache started to settle in and then I got chilly very quickly. So I could tell my body was going through the sickness processes quite quickly. And that was after I took that first dosage of leucomethylene blue. So I think that leucomethylene blue initiates the immune system and activates it and really gets the body processing through these symptoms quicker than it otherwise would normally. So again, I wake up Sunday morning and, and my body's achy and that just ends up being a, a quite miserable day overall. Again, I can tell my body is going through the healing process. I continue with the same dosage that we just covered a little bit ago. Uh, so 130 to 160 milligrams-ish that day. I got a little bit of work done. You know, I answered some emails. I kind of just fiddled around on my phone. But even then, like my my mental energy, just my overall energy, I didn't feel like concentrating on much. On much. Didn't even feel like sitting up on the couch, like laying down was borderline comfortable. So that's where I was. So I spent most of the day like that. I even spent like 20 or 30 minutes just walking circles around the couch just to move around and just like see if I could work off some of those body aches. Uh, but regardless, I continued with my protocol, just continued to be consistent with that leucomethylene blue, you know, flushing the body with more, more water and whatnot. But I was just letting the body go through the processes and I was just hoping that this, this leucomethylene blue would help expedite that process. And this is the entire time I'm sick, I have no appetite whatsoever. So I'm almost having to force myself to take the methylene blue and, and some water and whatnot, because I just have zero appetite. And so the whole day just consisted of that basically just eating time, letting the day go by, so to speak. I even managed to, to read some of a book that I brought along with me. So I, I was glad that I was able to do that later on in the day, because that helped pass some time. But I picked my wife up from her course, and again, this is around. This is Sunday evening at this point, and we were hoping to have a celebratory dinner since she just passed her course and she had just officially become a certified integrative dry needler practitioner. But again, my appetite just wasn't there really, or I didn't have the energy. My aches were uh, still very profound and, and accentuated. So I wasn't really in the mood for that. But we were able to go get some Chinese food for her, which is one of her favorites. And actually, when she got pork fried rice, that actually sounded somewhat decent. And so that was the first food I had eaten in, in 24 or 36 hours. And it just felt fine in my stomach. It was all right. And so I was able to eat some of that, which was a great sign. But still, with that previous night barely able to sleep, I wasn't looking forward to Sunday night sleep. But actually, I think my body was so tired, it was actually kind of easy to fall asleep, even though I still had all those body aches and I couldn't really find a great uh, position. I think I was just so tired, my, my body went to sleep. And so uh, we had to leave Monday morning and, and catch the plane relatively early in the morning. We had to leave the Airbnb around 6.45. And I woke up, I was feeling a little better, but still very lethargic, low energy. The aches were still there, you know, but you just have to push through it and push through it and get to the to the airport. The body aches had subsided a little bit. And instead of feeling full on body aches, that was replaced by like, uh, just this uncomfortable, not, not a bloating, but like, uh, just the GI system, the stomach just didn't feel right didn't feel great. So it's like, well, great, we're going through the next process, I guess. So that's what I felt most of Monday morning was this very uncomfortable GI stomach thing. Um, it was actually worse when I was standing up and walking versus sitting down, but sitting down wasn't great necessarily either. And so that persisted, uh, until we got onto the plane around 11 or so, got back to Missoula, we landed, you know, little bit by little bit, I was feeling better, but still had that weird stomach thing. Aches were still kind of there. Energy was still kind of low. Long story short, I know this has been a little long in the tooth, so, so thanks for bearing with me. Long story short... 
Monday, mid to late afternoon, I turn a huge corner and I'm feeling much, much better. And to get to the end of the story here, by Monday evening, I was feeling at about 85%, maybe closer to 90%. My energy was feeling much, much more back to normal. The aches were basically all the way gone. The only thing was like my stomach was still a little, you know, different, not quite normal, but much better than it had been. And so that's why I don't say 100%. And then by Mon- by Tuesday morning, which I'm recording this podcast Tuesday afternoon. So this morning, I would say that I was at 99%. I don't even know why I don't say 100, but I'm just going to say 99. When I look back retroactively... And, and we're saying that this sickness and this virus took me over Saturday evening. And I fully believe it's the leukomethylene blue that accelerated this entire process. As miserable as those 48 hours were, like that's the worst I have felt since I had food poisoning, which that must have been a decade ago at this point. But this is the worst I have felt in a long, long time. A miserable 36 to 48 hours. But my symptoms and uh, everything has resolved and was resolved basically within 48 hours. And when you look at the normal time frame for, for symptoms to go away and for people to recover from a flu, it's typically four to seven days. And people are probably taking other types of quote-unquote medicine or or who knows what to recover from that. So there's, there's, there's more than likely negative uh, ramifications from taking those things. But again, you're looking at time frames that are two to three times longer, that you're dealing with those, those symptoms, that you're feeling down, that your energy is low, that you're feeling negative uh, and not great about yourself and, and your health, sometimes up for a full week, and I'm sure sometimes longer. And I got to credit the leukomethylene blue and that protocol for vastly accelerating that process. And so I share all of that with you and that story, A, because again, it's something I lived through personally. It just happened and it just further personifies, I think, I guess the magic or the mystique that is methylene blue. And and with that being said, it's no it should be of no surprise that methylene blue was able to knock this virus down so quickly. Because again, if you've listened to my previous episodes and if you've done your own research and due diligence into methylene blue or leukomethylene blue, you'll see that it's considered one of the, if not the, top antiviral out there. And not only that but it's extremely safe and by and large effective when taken within this safe and effective dosage range. And so this story, I hope, really resonates with the people who may not want to dive into methylene blue two feet first for the whole mitochondrial optimization side of things. You know, I can respect that and understand that. But for anyone interested in being prophylactic with their health or when you or a family member comes down with an illness, some type of virus, methylene blue, I believe, is something that should be in everyone's proverbial medicine cabinet. It has a very long shelf life, two to three years, especially the bio blue, which we put in Myron glass, which has been proven to actually enhance and increase the longevity of whatever is inside of that bottle. So again, the BioBlue, that's going to increase the longevity. So two to three years, a bottle of this BioBlue could be sitting in your medicine cabinet. And if you or a family member comes down with an illness, to start taking that as a first line of defense, I believe is, is potentially the future of, again, being your own doctor. This is a medicine This is an ingredient everyone should have in their cabinet because, again, not only can it prevent illnesses from even occurring, but in the case like I just went through in Seattle, when I came down with a really nasty virus and it hit me hard, 
and it should have lasted for four to six to seven days, like I should still be sick, it wiped it out in 48 hours. So take that story for what it's worth. I hope it kind of just again further illustrates the potential and the effectiveness of methylene blue and leukomethylene blue. I think this instance perfectly illustrates uh, why a person would want to use leukomethylene blue because when you're sick and when you're trying to recover and when your body's trying to fight off a virus or an infection, you want to reserve or allocate as much energy to the healing and recovery process as possible. So with something like methylene blue, your body has to process that and the liver has to use some energy to process that into leukomethylene blue. Whereas if you just used something like BioBlue Leuco that is leukomethylene blue, you circumvent that issue, you save yourself some energy and you're getting that antioxidant and that leukomethylene blue into your system quicker. So it's it's a win-win situation. You're conserving energy and you're providing basically something to kickstart your immune system, something to ramp up your fighting capabilities to fight off the virus, conserving energy. And while this may not be directly pertinent to the conversation, it may be to some of you in the audience, another reason to consider a product with leukomethylene blue is that if you're in your latter years and or you have a disease or a condition that would uh, lead to you to have compromised liver function or compromised kidney function, God forbid both, you want to, again, uh, reduce the load on those organs as much as possible. And so, again, by circumventing those organs having to work via the leukomethylene blue going directly into your body and your your liver and such, not having to reduce it and process it, again, it's a, it's a much more friendly methylene blue option leukomethylene blue for those types of conditions. So just keep that in mind for for those who are who are older and or have liver and kidney function issues. Um, but of course, if you're this biohacker and you're just looking to optimize your your cognition and or mitochondria, uh, the direct effect, that immediate effect of the leukomethylene blue essentially going directly into your body and getting that quick hit, of course, that's appealing as well. But I hope that that story about me getting sick and having a really rapid recovery was at least interesting or, or um, again, just brings to light the power of, of methylene blue. And man, when you are sick and sick bad, at least for me, that, that was, again, one of the worst sicknesses I've had in a long time. It is demoralizing. It's depleting. I mean, it feels like death to a certain degree, like it just, it's miserable. And so it just reminded me of this Indian proverb that I've heard many a time throughout the past couple of years, especially in some books that I've been reading uh, lately. It's it's just been uh, engraved in there, like at the beginning of a chapter or what have you. And it goes something like, a healthy person has a thousand wishes, whereas a sick person has but one. To say that a healthy person has basically all this energy and passion and motivation and vitality to go conquer the day and carpe diem, if you will. Whereas if you're sick and unwell and unhealthy, all you want to be is healthy and well. So yeah, again, this past weekend has been just a great reminder to myself of when you're sick, man, it sucks. Let's Let's just call it like it is. And so I guess that's why they say health is the true wealth. And quite frankly, after this past weekend, I couldn't agree more. Okay, so let's move along now to the second portion of this episode, where I want to introduce you guys to what I'm declaring the mitochondrial triad. So, as the name insinuates, there's three parts, or I guess we could say there's three pillars to the mitochondrial triad. Two of them you already know very well, especially if you keep up with this podcast and or if you've been keeping up with BioLite and everything we're doing over there as a company. First and foremost, as you can imagine, with BioLite being a red light therapy company, the first pillar is red light therapy. And before I get into the pillars even, let's talk about why 
I was so impassioned to to create this, I guess we can call it a philosophy around what I'm deeming the mitochondrial triad. And again, if you've been listening to this podcast for some time, you know my take on the mitochondria and how important they are truly to the fundamental root level or root cause level to our overall health and vitality. Whether you're into longevity and increasing your health span or not, you know, we, we can take it or leave it, but even in this present moment, whether you're trying to optimize your health or heal from something, you must target the mitochondria. The mitochondria are the root cause of our vitality, of our energy, of our health and wellness. And this is just based on everything I've been reading, I've been learning, I've been watching, I've been listening to, so on and so forth. So this isn't just my off-the-wall opinion. It's through years and years of learning from other experts and other people in the, the health and wellness and longevity and biohacking worlds. And so again, for me personally, what it comes down to by and large, again, this isn't the panacea, but when we're looking at the vast, vast majority of ways that we can optimize our health and wellness and, and really just cherry pick or, or be more precise with our health and wellness actions, really just going after the low hanging fruit that might not be so obvious in this day and age. It's the mitochondria. And so at the end of the day, that begs the question, what is the low hanging fruit to attain optimal mitochondrial function? Because you can go a thousand different ways to improve your health and wellness. Not all of them work. And that's not to say that this mitochondrial triad is going to work for every single person, but it'll work for the vast majority. The research is out there. Again, this isn't hypothetical or theoretical, so to speak. The research is out there for every one of these pillars to be effective, to be safe, to help optimize mitochondrial health, which in the end helps with countless, innumerable health conditions and or just optimizing health span. And so as I already said, the first pillar, of course, is red light therapy. That's what this podcast is centered around. And that's what BioLight, my company, is centered around, red light therapy. And as a quick review, we know the main ways that red light therapy optimizes mitochondrial health. It's anti-inflammatory. It's pro-circulatory. And it optimizes the mitochondrial health or the mitochondria function by improving ATP production. Because at the end of the day, our vitality, our health is predicated on efficient ATP production. I've said it a thousand times on this podcast, um, but, but Dr. Doug Wallace, the top mitochondrial researcher in the world, has said that the more energy you have per cell, the less disease state you'll have per cell. So again, it's all about optimizing energy production. And red light therapy may be one of the best ways to do that. The power of light. The power of red and near-infrared light. So without a doubt, the first pillar of the mitochondrial triad is red light therapy. And again, every pillar in this mitochondrial triad is backed by rigorous research. It's not only safe, it's effective. Meaning, you can at least try these pillars out when we go through all three of them. You can try one out at a time, but just like red light therapy and methylene blue are synergistic, you'll probably get an even more amplified effect when you do all three pillars. And that's a segue into the second pillar, methylene blue. Just like red light therapy, Methylene blue is backed by research, and we're going to be getting more and more and more research around methylene blue because there's been a major spike in the interest in the capacity of which methylene blue and leukomethylene blue can optimize health. Methylene blue is extremely safe, low, low risk, high, high reward in terms of health and optimized mitochondrial function. And like I just mentioned, there's a synergistic effect with red light therapy and methylene blue. They're both donating or, or giving electrons to the mitochondria, giving electrons to your body, which then run through the electron transport chain 
and produce ATP. So there again, we're improving ATP uh, production, efficient energy production, which again, the more energy we have per cell, the more vitality we have, and the less disease state we have per cell. They work on different complexes within the mitochondria, so they're not redundant. That's another important thing to remember about red light therapy and methylene blue. They both work on the mitochondria, and actually methylene blue gets into your mitochondria, which makes it that much more important, which also makes it that much more important you properly source or, or buy a high-quality methylene blue product because there's starting to be more and more methylene blue products out on the market, and I've been looking at them, and a lot of them don't even say where they're sourcing their methylene blue or the quality of their methylene blue. So just a fair warning, be sure you get, you're get you getting a pharmaceutical-grade, high-quality, highly reputable uh, methylene blue product if you do choose to use it yourself. Methylene blue is considered the most potent antiviral out there. It's the parent compound for ivermectin. It's been shown rigorously to be beneficial against the fight against cancer. It's been shown to be extremely effective at fighting depression. And there's more and more research coming out recently that's showing it's extremely effective at fighting neurodegeneration. So not only can you prevent or mitigate these neurodegenerative conditions such as dementia, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, but you can actually reverse them via methylene blue. The vast, vast majority of the methylene blue you consume ends up in your central nervous system. So that's both the brain and the spinal cord. And that should make sense because those two tissues, the brain and the spinal cord, both central nervous system tissues, are the most mitochondrial dense tissues. And that's where the methylene blue wants to go is into the mitochondria, especially dysfunctional mitochondria. So with red light therapy, as long as you're bathing the proper cells in red and near-infrared light, meaning dysfunctional cells, you're going to be seeing really good benefits and or it's going to be very prophylactic. If you're doing full-body red light therapy, then you're covering all your bases right there. Both methylene blue, for some reason, somehow, some way, it innately knows where to go, which mitochondria are most dysfunctional, and it's going to go and fix those mitochondria. Likewise, if there's cancerous cells, it's going to go attack those and help those tissues out first. So this whole methylene blue thing is, is beyond the imagination of how profound and how effective and how safe this, this synthetic compound is. And again, we're talking about Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. We're just scratching the tip of the iceberg, in my opinion, whereas Red light therapy has 10,000 plus peer-reviewed articles. Methylene blue doesn't have that much, but again, we're seeing a spike in the interest. We're seeing a spike in methylene blue for health benefit-related research coming out. So I think as the years go on, we're going to see more and more ways that red light, or excuse me, the methylene blue can positively impact different health conditions, just like we're seeing uh, the precipitous amount of red light therapy and photobiomodulation research that's coming out. I think methylene blue is going to be on that same trajectory over the next five to 10 years. Whereas uh, photobiomodulation research, like the, the faucet's already fully turned on, research is coming out basically daily on the benefits of red light therapy. So along with being an electron donor, which is massive. Again, we want to accrue as many electrons as possible, and methylene blue is an extremely easy way to accrue electrons. And just as a quick reminder, leucomethylene blue being a reduced version of methylene blue, a reduced version of anything in chemistry means more electrons. So leucomethylene blue already has more electrons than methylene blue. That's another added benefit of utilizing leucomethylene blue. Not only are you saving your, your organs, so to speak, or sparing them, I should say, but you're also getting more electrons per dosage. And so again, we're back to the mitochondria and how we're impacting its function. By utilizing methylene blue or leucomethylene blue, we're adding more electrons to the equation. We're adding more electrons to go through the electron transport chain. Also, methylene blue is a nitric oxide inhibitor meaning we're removing a potential hurdle or a potential roadblock to oxygen getting into the mitochondria. Because keep in mind, dysfunctional mitochondria typically have 
nitric oxide capping, uh, or I should say disallowing oxygen from getting into the mitochondria and less oxygen in the mitochondria means less ATP production. So not only is my, or is methylene blue adding electrons to the situation, but it's also removing a major roadblock by, by allowing oxygen into the mitochondria. And of course, as I've mentioned and as we've talked about in previous episodes, red light therapy and methylene blue are major synergists together, specifically methylene blue because it has that dark, dark blue pigment, which gives it that photodynamic activity, meaning your body's going to capture, it's going to absorb more of that red light from the red light therapy. So even if you were to use methylene blue in the morning and then go out and get that early morning sunrise where uh, the highest preponderance of red light during the day from the sun is in that early morning sunrise, you may get additional benefit from it by having that methylene blue in your system. So not only does it work with red light therapy, the devices itself, but also the sunlight. So again, a lot of synergistic activities between red light therapy, methylene blue, and the mitochondria. As far as the third pillar, that remains to be revealed. And I promise not to keep you guys on the edge of your seat for too long. The reveal will probably happen sometime in March. And both on this podcast and on BioLite and my personal social media, um, if you're not following BioLite on on Instagram, it's at BioLite.shop. My personal Instagram is Dr. Mike Belkowski. Um, But again, we'll be revealing that third pillar. And when that third pillar is revealed, that'll complete the mitochondrial triad. And to, to bring this full circle, I believe that if a person were to utilize these three pillars in their health and wellness regimen, this is the foundation of health. This is the foundation of health span and longevity. So whether you're just trying to optimize your health and or recover from a health condition, I believe, again, utilizing these three pillars will bring you back to health and or optimize your health. This is not medical advice. This is just my opinion based on what I've read and learned throughout the years. And and truly, I've gone back and forth as far as like taking supplements. And years and years ago, I was like a minimalist and only wanted to take a handful And then I've gone to the other side of the pendulum where, especially learning from Dr. Sandra Kaufman, I mean, if you read her book, you can't not want to take everything she talks about. It gets a little ridiculous and a little addictive. And so I've kind of swung to the other side of the pendulum, so to speak, the last handful of years, and I've accumulated quite the cabinet full of supplements. And now after kind of just reassessing everything and taking everything into consideration, I'm swinging back the other way, and I'm trying to be more efficient, more sniper, more precision with what I'm ingesting and the supplements I'm taking. All of that to say is, that's what this mitochondrial triad is. It's a precision perspective for overall health and wellness. Again, it's just three pillars. And if you do all three, well, let me take that back. Even if you do just one of the three, your health will be better than it was. If you do two, more synergistic properties for optimized mitochondrial health, which means more energy production, which means more vitality, less disease. If you do all three, then I think it's like synergistic on top of your compounding synergism, if you will. So I think it's just the best of all worlds and I'm going to be excited when this all comes to fruition and it's released and people are are utilizing this mitochondrial triad and we're starting to get feedback and people are talking about it because I think we're going to get some pretty profound results and I'm excited to get to that point uh, and we're really not that far away because again, we'll be revealing this third pillar in March. So I hope I've kind of helped set the stage for what's to come here in the near future and that third pillar, don't you worry, we're going to be doing thorough education on it just like we have red light therapy and methylene blue, that third pillar is going to get its due time in the shine, if you will, when it comes to when it comes to light. So I'll just leave it there for now. We'll, we'll end today's podcast there. I hope I've got you on the edge of your seat at least a little bit. But again, don't worry, I won't keep you there for too long. 
For now, I hope you appreciated the anecdote I shared with you guys today and, and really drove home again uh, the profound impact I believe the methylene blue has on on accelerating the recovery process from, from a virus and from an illness. Again, I believe I would still be sick. I'd still be heavy body aches, feeling bad, low energy if I had not been on that leukomethylene blue regimen. And here I am doing a podcast. I have an energy that I haven't had for days, but I would otherwise be probably still laying in bed and, and low energy, non-productive. So adding productive days back into your life that could otherwise be commandeered by illness, to me, that's priceless. It's, it's incalculable. And, and that reminds me, when I was going through physical therapy school, we were learning about how proper physical therapy can reduce missed days of work. And we learned about how many missed days of work happen based on an, a particular injury and what that does to the economy because then that person's not working and helping uh, or being a productive person to society. And it literally uh, makes a difference on the economy. So then we bring that back again to something like methylene blue or red light therapy, where if we can get a person better quicker or prevent them from getting sick at all, then again, we're adding or we're, we're reducing missed days of work. We're reducing missed days of productivity. And so from an from a economical standpoint, it also has a positive impact if you want to you know take a take it out that far. But I'll end my diatribe there and as always, I appreciate every single one of you. If you found this episode interesting or intriguing or the information was such that you want to feel compelled to share it with someone, please do share it with a friend, family member, colleague. If you haven't already, just take a quick uh, 15 to 30 seconds to leave a, a quick five-star review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. Uh, I'd greatly appreciate it. But for now, I'll sign off and I'll say have a wonderful week. I'll see you guys on the next episode, and as always, light up your health. Thank you for listening to the Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolight.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolight. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.